friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that God's bringing up today on the Holy Spirit. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Jeannie Cunyon, is an author who's well-known for writing stories that make much of the wild love of Jesus because of how her life has been rescued by it. Her new book, Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe the Life is Better with the Holy Spirit is available now. Jeannie is also a beloved Bible teacher and sought-after speaker who's been featured on outlets such as The Today Show, Fox News, The 700 Club, and Focus on the Family. Jeannie, who holds a master's degree in social work, worked as a counselor and trainer in the adoption field before writing. She's a wife to Mike and a mama to five boys she's crazy about. So let's jump into this amazing conversation that I had with Jeannie now. Well, hello, Jeannie, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm so happy to be with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, okay, I have lots and lots of questions for you because we're talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Before we dive deep, I like to do something fun and just ask my guests, what's a random fun fact about you we may not have read in your professional bio? Uh, random fun fact. Uh, I'm a preacher's kid. That's not in my bio. Um, I, you're a preacher's kid, right? We have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did you grow up from like very, like very little, you were a preacher's kid or? Yep. I, um, my dad was a pastor of a large Presbyterian church in South Florida. Uh, and so I grew up under his teaching. Uh, one of the kindest kindest compliments anybody's ever given me was that I sound like my daddy when I preach or teach. Um, because you know, I just grew up under him learning from him and so, so grateful. I think people say that preacher's kids either love that they were preacher's kids or they really don't love that they were preacher's kids. And I'm definitely the former. So super grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like I am a classic example of if you'll train a kid up in the way they should go when they're young, they'll come back around to it. Cause I definitely, when I was young, I didn't realize how much I was truly receiving. And then of course I had the little rebellious teen years um, where I thought, I don't know about this, but then as an adult, I've come back around and then just to see the fruit that was planted in me at a young age emerge, you know, in my adult years has been really, really fun. So yeah, I definitely, awesome. anytime I meet other preacher's kids, it's just interesting. It's a different dynamic for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into the topic we're discussing today. You have a new book coming out uh, called Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. I um, I think I hunted you down. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll just get books sent to me in the mail and then I'll decide, oh yeah, maybe I'll have this person on. I remember, I think it, somehow I came across you on Instagram or something and I was like, uh, I need to have her on my show because this is a topic I love to talk about. So I would love to hear why you set out to write this book. Yeah, to be honest, I tried not to write this book. I grew up in the church I grew up in, even though it was Presbyterian church, it was a charismatic church. And so the Holy Spirit was very much present in our services and in our lives. 
But I think one of the things that happened for me is as I grew up and went to churches that weren't as charismatic, so to speak, as I began to, I guess, just assume that the Holy Spirit was primarily for spiritual gifts, that it was more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that was kind of his role in my life and in the faith. And, and that was kind of what he was, that was the purpose he served. Um, and everything else I needed, I had in Jesus. <laughs> and, um, and so when I began praying several years ago, Lord, I just want more of you. I want all of you. I want to know the fullness of your presence in my life every day. And I didn't know what the answer was going to be to that prayer, but I did not expect it to be this stirring, this, this hunger to know the Holy Spirit. And it was a very unexpected answer, but I knew it was the Lord inviting me really to be reintroduced. God was going to reintroduce me to his spirit. So the assumptions I had, the neglect um, in my life of the spirit, he was about to reintroduce me to the fullness of his spirit and the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And so that's where it began. And, and pretty quickly, as I began to read and study scripture and read books by theologians I respect, I pretty quickly realized I think this is the next book he's asking me to write. And I gave him all the reasons why I was the wrong girl for the job, right? It's, as you well know, it's a very controversial topic. Um, I felt like I didn't know enough to write a whole book about it. I was living under the lie that only highly trained theologians with lots of letters after their names um, should be qualified to write a book about the Holy Spirit. And so I gave God all these reasons. But um, as I continue to study and to draw closer to the Spirit and to, and to, deep in my friendship with him, I couldn't not write this book because I was so blown away by what I was discovering and what I had been missing out on. And I, and I had to share it. Yeah. Yeah. I can very much relate to that feeling disqualified. Um, I could sit here for a long time and tell you all the things that God has called me to that I was like, um, I think you talking to the wrong person here. But you know what I love about us talking about the Holy Spirit is to your point, I'm not a theologian. Um, but the Holy Spirit's my best friend, you know? And so I view this conversation as, hey, we're going to introduce the listeners to my best friend. It's just like if you were my best friend, I would be like, hey, guys, I want you to meet my friend Jeannie. I'm going to tell you all yeah. about her and how, you know, how our relationship works. And that's really, I know that's a super simplified version, but because I'm not a theologian, that's what I bring to the table in this conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think also that, you know, to remind ourselves and others that, you know, when, we, when we've been studying scripture our whole lives, when we've been in church and in Bible studies that, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit, the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he authored the Bible and he illuminates truth in the Bible for us. He's the greatest teacher there is. And so while being a trained theologian is a beautiful thing, one of the things God really reminded me about in this journey and for anybody who's listening is he equips us for what he calls us to do. You know, that we should never let feeling inadequate or unqualified stop us from pursuing the God-given dreams that he's put on our hearts, because then we forfeit experiencing the supernatural breaking into what we're capable of doing. So that's been such a fun thing to, to have that happen uh, as I've been studying and, and really wrestling with everything I've been discovering. Yeah, that's so true. So, you know, you mentioned um, that you were a preacher kid, and I was too, and you grew up around it, yet as an adult, you found yourself not necessarily always bringing the Holy Spirit into your everyday life. Why do you, why do you think that was for you? Again, I think I just kind of put him in the spiritual gifts box, yeah. and I really, I just, I don't think we talk enough in the church about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think he is 
immensely undervalued. And sometimes there's even fear around the Holy Spirit. I remember being invited to speak at a women's conference several years ago, and I got on the phone with the leader of the conference just to kind of talk about the theme. And she said, hey, just to be clear, you know, we're super comfortable with you talking about God. Um, Of course, you can talk about Jesus, but we prefer that you stay away from mentioning the Holy Spirit. We don't want to scare people off. And so that really turned into this beautiful conversation about, okay, well, if you're comfortable with me talking about God, the Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit, and we can talk about all the things we want to at this women's conference. But if if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ into the conversation and into our lives, no change or transformation can happen, right? I mean, we need the power of Christ to live in the likeness of Christ and to grow in the image of Christ. And so I think he's just been very undervalued and kind of treated as the superfluous or extra, you know, like, and so as we come to discover in scripture that he is equal and essential to a Christian thriving faith, I think then our openness to him changes and we become more curious and more open to his very distinct purpose in our lives. And those are just things I I didn't fully grasp or just took for granted. Yeah. Okay. So another reason I'm loving this conversation is as I have talked, same thing, I've, I've experienced that same thing of people viewing the Holy Spirit as like the weird uncle or something that they're afraid mm-hmm. of bringing around or like, oh, is he going to embarrass us now? I don't know what's going to happen next. And and so um, I've had that, you know, as I have spoken on, you know, and brought up the topic of the Holy Spirit, same thing in, in speaking situations, I'll get private messages from women wanting to know more, but it's always, not always, often in a private part, because like they're wanting to know more, but they're also a little nervous about it. So let's talk about where did this come from? Like this, it being such a hot topic and and where did the Holy Spirit start to get this, this weird kind of awkward um, view of people from people? In one of the chapters in the book, I joke about the fact that I could have just as easily titled this book, How to Lose Friends and Not Make New Ones. <laughs> because if people say, you know, what's your new book about? And I say the Holy Spirit, especially where I live, they're like, ah, okay. Uh, how are your kids? Um, because people don't know how, most of us don't know how to respond. That's not like a judgmental statement. It's fair. It's fair that people respond that way because to your point, he has been, his name has been so abused and misused. Um, there's so much baggage, unfair baggage attached to the Holy Spirit. And I think there's this assumption. I think a lot of us live under the assumption that the Holy Spirit is for the extremes. So he's either for the super spiritual meaning those who um, are so obedient and so close to God and probably leaders and teachers and theologians. And so they get access to the spirit of God, or there's this belief that he's only for the super strange, you know, only people who do strange things in his name, you know, talk about the Holy spirit. And so we should definitely stay away from them. And so everybody else in the middle, including you know, just you and me and everybody else who just wants to know and follow Jesus assumes that maybe, maybe he's not for us. Maybe we don't need him. Right. I mean, Francis Chan poses a phenomenal question in his book, all the very simple, but very smart, which is if I have Jesus, why do I need the Holy spirit? Mm. Right. And so, and that makes me think about what Jesus said in John 16, as, as he was preparing his disciples for his departure, for his ascension. And Jesus said, it is for your good that I return to the father so that the Holy spirit will come. 
and other translations, it reads uh, for your benefit or to your advantage that I depart so that the Holy Spirit will come. And so Jesus himself is saying, let me tell you all the reasons the Holy Spirit is so good to have in your life. And so I think we miss out on that. We don't talk about that. So there's all of these, he has been so abused um, and people have done things in his name for power and fame and wealth that I think most of us associate the Holy Spirit with stranger things rather than being this, like you said, this incredible friend, companion, this champion that Jesus gave us so that we would never be without him right? Because he is the spirit of Christ. And so as Christians, we have this incredible gift deposited inside of us, which is the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ. Um, So we are never without him. And yet so many of us are neglecting his indwelling presence inside of us. Yeah. And you know, it makes so much sense why the enemy would love to attack the name of the Holy Spirit. Because can you imagine if all believers not only had the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus, but then the power of the Holy Spirit to actually walk it out, right? Yes. You know, that's yeah. that's absolutely life-changing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, I think the enemy's, you know, primary goal is to make sure that we don't say yes to Jesus, that our eyes aren't open to salvation and, and the love of Christ. But once he loses that battle, I say in the book, I think he doubles down. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I lost that battle, but now I'm going to make sure that you don't live the Christian life in the power of Christ, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to do whatever I can to make you believe that the Holy Spirit is not for you, to keep you away from that beautiful friendship that's been given to you. Um, because Christians who are spirit filled, who are living in the fullness of the spirit, he's unstoppable, right? The spirit of God is unstoppable. And there's a contagious joy and hope and love that overflows when people are walking in the Holy spirit and the devil doesn't want that. Today's episode is brought to you by daily Kairos. The Daily Kairos Journal is a tool to help you draw closer to God by being more intentional with your time and building a stronger daily prayer life. The daily spreads are designed to give your mind and heart a refresh each day and include sections for verse memorization, gratitude, prayer requests, and a daily intention. The right side of the daily spread is an open space to record any reflections as you're spending time in the Word, as well as anything you feel the Lord is speaking to you throughout the day. I have a daily Kairos journal myself, and I love adding it to my quiet time. To shop, head to rachelgilbert.com forward slash daily Kairos. And you can use this special code for Real Talk listeners. That code is realtalk20 for 20% off your order. And those links will be in today's show notes as well. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, so since this is Real Talk with Rachel, I have to go where... I don't know that everybody thinks I would go with this. And we got to talk about speaking in tongues because I feel like that's that, that's part of, well, where would you like to begin in this topic? You talked about it in your book. Um, and I, yeah, I think that this gets a lot of people really tripped up. So what would you, let, let's talk about that. Okay. What do you want to talk about? You're like, you start. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So for starters, I think that 
the speaking in tongues piece. I love how um, I have your book right here. Let me open it and read what I read that stuck out to me that you said about speaking in tongues. You talked to, it was in your, um, one of the final chapters and it's talking about why prophecy is considered a greater gift, but yet speaking in tongues can sometimes be um, elevated a little even higher, but it's for the, the speaking in tongues is actually for the the believer, right? You know, to build right, us yeah. up and unless it's interpreted, of course. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about, first of all, what is the benefit of speaking in tongues? Well, it's an intimate prayer language. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that he brings intimacy into our relationship with God, the father and God, the son. So when people are experiencing, you know, my faith is dry, my faith is stagnant, my faith is dull. Um, one of the questions I would encourage you to ask is, are you being filled with the spirit? You know, Paul says, be filled with the spirit every day, hourly, invite the spirit to fill you afresh with his power. Um, I love that new song, fresh wind by Hillsong about, you know, we need a fresh wind, a fragrance of heaven. And so, you know, the speaking in tongues is this very intimate prayer language. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. But again, because it has been misused and it feels foreign to people who aren't following Jesus, or um, again, they've seen it associated with stranger things. They're hesitant to believe that this is something that the spirit still does in God's people. Um, and it gets, I think it's the one we talk the most about because it has been associated with stranger things and people don't understand what it is, that it is this intimate prayer language. And I think sometimes even speaking in tongues gets confused with what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? When the disciples started speaking in other known tongues, which is different than um, speaking in tongues as a prayer language. So it gets a lot of attention. And yet I think it's so interesting the way Paul unpacks it and talks about it as prophecy is the greatest. And so I do spend an entire chapter kind of going through spiritual gifts and, and I don't want to, I try not to give anybody that like, this is the answer or this is the right way, because I want people to really engage with the Holy spirit as they read and say, search me, search my heart, teach me what you want me to know. Um, but I did try to unpack what Paul writes about as the spiritual, you know, what are the spiritual gifts and why are they useful for us? And, and ultimately they're for the common good. Yeah. I love that you said you don't, you try not to point to an, an exact answer. Cause I feel like that is very wise in all areas of life. You know, whenever I see people give an exact answer for how you should do something, how you should, you know, where making decisions and where should your kids go to school and all this. And just to say that there's one answer, I'm like, actually, I'd rather teach you to lean into the Holy Spirit to hear what's right for you and your family, you know, as opposed to me just giving you the answer. Um, so I love that you said that. And, you know, I will say like with speaking in tongues, um, I do have that prayer language myself. And I can't tell you the number of times that I have been discouraged and I'll just, you know, speak my prayer language and all of a sudden my spirit feels encouraged, you know, and that's just, again, in my private driving down the road or whatever. And that's always just amazing to me to see how it just builds us up. And again, makes me understand why the enemy wouldn't want us to have that because what yeah. a good way to get encouraged, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do have a, a good friend who was also raised in a charismatic church. And we were talking about the same thing you and I are talking about now, just why, why is there so much stigma and baggage with the Holy Spirit? And one of kind of the, I don't want to use the word wounds, but maybe that's the right word that she had around the Holy Spirit was having grown up in a spirit-filled church and there was speaking in tongues. She was actually made to feel less than 
because she didn't have that gift. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of used as a, a weapon or a shaming tool against her. Well, why don't you speak in tongues? What's wrong with you? Why isn't the Holy Spirit, you know, giving you that gift? And so I think it's also really important to acknowledge that not everybody is going to speak in tongues and the Holy Spirit chooses what gifts he gives to believers. Um, The beautiful thing is that every believer is given at least one gift. That's what Paul writes about. We all have a gift. Some of us have several. We don't get to pick our gift. We don't get to envy another person's gift, but we also shouldn't be afraid of the gift that we've been given. And so a lot of people have been given the gift of tongues, but they're afraid to use it. Um, or other people feel discouraged or have been made to feel like they're not spiritual enough because they don't have that gift. And so we have to be really careful in this conversation and talking about the gifts because really the Holy Spirit appoints them and ultimately it's for the common good. And so we never want people to feel left out or less than because they possess one gift over another, right? We all are given a gift when we put our trust in Jesus. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because listeners, if you at any point during today's conversation feel any condemnation or less than, that's not the Holy Spirit. Like that's totally, you know, not what's happening here. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Let's talk a little bit then about, um, you talk about some truths about spiritual gifts. Why don't you, why don't you go? I mean, I know you just mentioned a few right there. Do you, do you want to say anything else about that? Um, I, yeah, I do 10 truths. I, um, I think we covered a lot of them just that, you know, they're, uh, they are appointed by the Holy spirit that every believer has one, um, that he chooses our gifts, um, that gifts are meant for the common good. They're meant to build up the church. And I also think about that if you're a mom or a dad listening, you know, the spiritual gifts, thinking about how we can um, use our spiritual gifts in our home to build up our homes and to help our children discover what their spiritual gifts are. And so, using our spiritual gifts to build up the church is, you know, what, how, how they're designed to be used. Um, and again, I think that goes back to why there's, um, some stigmas and, and baggage attached to the Holy Spirit because of how spiritual gifts have been misused. Mm -hmm. But if you just spend even the slightest amount of time in Paul's teaching about spiritual gifts, you'll discover that maybe what you've witnessed in abuse does not align with the word of God. So if there's hesitation around spiritual gifts, I would, my encouragement would be to open the Bible and read specifically what scripture says about it and what Paul writes about it. And I unpack it as well and don't miss out. So it's only one of 30 chapters. So there's 30 short chapters and don't miss out. So I think what's really interesting, like for me, the Holy Spirit was basically just about spiritual gifts. And as I began to get to know him more and study him, you know, he's one of that's one of 30 chapters, meaning there's so much more to who he is and what he does in our lives. Not to negate that it's super important, the spiritual gifts, but oh my goodness, you know, his role is essential in our lives. And it's, um, it's not just that there's all these other beautiful things that he does in us and through us, praying for us, communicating to us, communicating through us. Us, giving us the assurance of our adoption as daughters and sons of God. So just so many incredible things that he does in our lives that maybe we're not recognizing. And I think one of the most beautiful things that's happened for me in getting to know him all over again is just this incredible appreciation for him. I think I've really just took him for granted and didn't appreciate who he is and what he does and why it matters so much. And I just have this incredible appreciation. And Rachel, I'll be totally honest. When I first started writing this book and people would ask me what it was about, I was hesitant. You know, like I said, you know, like I joked, you know, another title I could have named the book is how to kill a conversation at a cocktail party because (laughs) 
Yes, people just don't know what to do with this conversation. And I was hesitant to talk about it because I like having friends. <laughs> but the more I've gotten to know them, the more I just, I can't, I just, I'm so grateful and I'm so appreciative. I'm so, I love talking about them. I love telling people what the book is about now because ultimately, as you know, Rachel, the Holy Spirit's goal is to glorify Jesus, right? His whole aim is to shine the spotlight on Jesus, to get our eyes fixed on Jesus and his presence in us makes our lives shine the spotlight on Jesus. And that's what I want more than anything. And I know that's what you want more than anything. I want my life to be a love song for Jesus, even in my weakness and in my sin. When I talk about grace and forgiveness, I can still shine the spotlight on Jesus in my weaknesses and in my, and in my mess ups. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. And I just think that's incredible. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up that the spiritual gifts are just one element, you know, um, like that we have viewed the Holy Spirit as, oh, just the gifts. And then, okay, that's it. Um, in fact, today you and I are recording this. The guest interview that I released was um, on discovering your spiritual gifts. But here's the funny thing. We got on the interview to talk about discovering your spiritual gifts. We spent probably 90% of the time talking about how our identity is not our spiritual gifts, you know, and yeah. like the set, how important it is to separate that and understand, just like you said, it's gifts um, for good, you know, use to build up and to build up the church, but it's not who we are. You know, that's not our identity and um, everything. And so I'm glad that you brought up that point. I also loved what you said about encouraging listeners and the, the, the those who read your book to get into God's word and see what the scriptures have to say. You relied very heavily on scripture in your book, which I loved, because as you can see, even today, we both have opinions, right? Like we both, depending on how you grew up, what kind of background do you come from? What experiences have you had? That all shapes our view. So if you think about that, that's an opinion. So then we have to take that opinion and go to the word and say, okay, hold on, you know, does all this that I've been taught in church or in teachings or, or just in my own understanding, does it line up? with what God's word says about it. So mm. where would you recommend, What are, are there any favorite verses or any particular parts of the Bible if somebody listening today was like, all right, yeah, I'm feeling prompted to go dig into this a little deeper. Where would you send them? I would start in John 14 through 16, where Jesus is teaching the disciples about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's so rich and so deep and so profound. Um, and so, and I think we've extracted so many verses out of those two chapters, uh, which is fine and good. But when you read them together as Jesus preparing the disciples for the coming ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's so powerful. And then let that overflow right into the book of Acts to see the difference that the Holy Spirit made in the disciples' lives once the Holy Spirit filled them at Pentecost and radically transformed them from fearful, Christ-denying, worried, trembling men to men of boldness and courage and clarity, preaching the gospel with conviction and people in droves coming to know Christ because people would say, what do you have? What is it? about you. I want whatever it is that you have. And they always use that opportunity to say, let me tell you about my Jesus, you know, repent and receive, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. And so John 14 through 16 is a, 
or yeah, John 14 through 16 is a great place to start. Um, I also think there's really beautiful instructions about the Holy Spirit or wisdom about the Holy Spirit in, in books like Galatians uh, or Romans. I do a lot of quoting from both of those chapters, even Ephesians. I mean, you know, once after Pentecost, you know, we see the Holy, the work of the Holy Spirit really um, highlighted in scripture. He was there from the beginning, Genesis 1-1, but we see more of his work in the New Testament. And so, um, yeah, but I was starting John 14. And as you go to scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it for you because he authored it and he is also the one who illuminates it. So open your Bible and welcome him into that space and that time. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to know about you? What do you want to highlight about yourself as I read this God's word um, and seek the person of Jesus? Uh, and I think that's a prayer that he is eager to answer for us. Oh, that's so good. I love I love that you could just point people right to where they can go to learn all about him. So you mentioned a little bit ago that on your journey to write this book, it made you have such a deeper appreciation for the Holy Spirit. What was something that you learned about him that you didn't know before you set out on the journey to write this book? Oh, honestly, so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not afraid. <laughs> I should be embarrassed to admit that, but I'm not. I just... I think one of the most intriguing things for me, and I knew it, but I didn't get it, was this, that Jesus Christ was empowered by the Holy Spirit for his public ministry, right? When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus and empowered him for his public ministry, right? I mean, I love the way that scripture says, Jesus, comma, full of the Holy Spirit, comma. Like it's, it's very intentional in talking about Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit as he, you know, signs and wonders and miracles and healings. And then you look at the disciples and Jesus saying to the disciples, wait for the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything I've given you to do until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need this power for what I've called you to do. And then I think about us as Christians today. So why do we think we have any business doing anything outside of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? And that just really struck me because I'm a very self, like my default is self-reliance, you know, self, you know, self everything, right? Um, Even though I know how much I need the spirit of God. And so it, it just really struck me like if Jesus was empowered by the spirit and the disciples were empowered by the spirit, we have no business doing anything without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's a really humbling thing to think about, right? That we have so much freedom to admit our weaknesses. We need the spirit of God and he is more than capable to provide uh, what we need to do the things God's called us to do, whether that's a job or a, a motherhood or ministry, whatever it is. If we have the spirit of God, we have everything we need. Yeah. I don't know about you, but even though I know these truths, I so quickly forget. Like I will notice myself muscling through in life and struggling. And then even something like your book coming into my hands, it's like, oh yeah, I've got the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right. You know, like sometimes I just want to be like, come on, Rachel, when are you going to remember to every single day? It's a, it's an act of yielding on a daily, sometimes moment by moment basis to his help and inviting him in to, to my work and what I'm doing. I also love what you said that you're going to need this power to do what I've called you to do. Isn't that the truth? That is, has been my prayer for so many things that I've done in life. Um, I think I told you before we started this, I'm finishing my graduate degree right now. And I've had multiple people ask me, Rachel, 
how are you doing that and juggling all the other things? And honestly, it's because the Holy Spirit's empowering me. Like, it's insane to me sometimes even just getting projects done and stuff. And I'm like, that in my own strength, that project would have taken me three days. But somehow I was able to sit down and knock out a research paper in a couple of hours, right? That yeah. is That was the Holy Spirit empowering me and like giving me energy to get it done because he's called me to this. But then the flip side has been true in my life where I set out and I appointed myself to a position, did not ask for his help, did not ask if that was the way I should go and struggled, you know, every step of the way. So um, it's always just such a good reminder. Like, like I said, I just, even our conversation convicts me and reminds me, oh yeah, let him in, let him into all the areas, not just a few, all the areas. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I resonate with that. I mean, and I would be surprised if there were, there weren't very many people who didn't, who are listening, right? Because we're forgetful people, right? Mm-hmm. The Israelites were forgetful people. Like it's the, been the story of God's people from the beginning. We just forget how much we need him. We forget how faithful he is. We forget that, you know, it's only through him that we can do all things that he's given us to do. So, but also he's so forgiving, right? There's so much mercy for our, for, for our forgetfulness. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah. and I think it's also, you know, for people listening and thinking about needing this power um, for our lives, you know, one of the most beautiful gifts, one, another one of them was learning to rethink about the Holy Spirit as a person who gives us power rather than just a power. And I know that's what you and I are talking about right now, a person who gives us power, but sometimes people can hear that and think of him just as a power, right? As a force, as an it. Uh, as one of the things that he's symbolized by in scripture, whether it's a dove or fire or water. And so I think the invitation is to get to know the Holy Spirit for the divine person that he is, right? He's there three in one, three divine persons, one God. Uh, He's the one who takes up residence inside of us. And it's this invitation to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit, his personality um, and his friendship and companionship. And he manifests his power in our lives as he becomes larger in our lives, right? As that friendship gets richer and and deeper. And so there's just, you know, just an invitation to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit and allow him to work through you as you, as you were saying, Rachel, yield to him and invite the supernatural into the natural. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I was going to, my final question to you was going to be what any final word of encouragement to the listeners, but I feel like that was it. Unless you have something else to share. I'm like, I feel like you nailed it. Yeah. That was so good. So where can listeners connect with you and get a copy of your book? Um, connect with me. Everything is pretty much Jeannie Cunyon. That's my website. That's my Instagram. Um, so connect with me there. I love hearing from people. If you listen to this podcast and have questions or comments, reach out, DM me. I really do love to hear from you. The book goes on sale May 11th and it's available wherever books are sold. Yeah. And guys, I cannot express to you enough how much you need to get your hands on this book because 30 minutes of her and I talking, we just, it's like we opened up a can and didn't even start to pull out the worms because, you know, it's a, it's such a deep, rich conversation. So my heart is that we started the conversation, right? Yeah. Um, we just kind of scraped the surface of a lot of topics. And so the book is going to help you take a much deeper dive, give you lots of clarity and understanding, and of course, point you to scripture along the way. So definitely grab a copy of that. Well, thank Jeannie, you. thank you again for taking time to come on the show. My pleasure. This was fun. 
Well, it's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In today's episode, we discussed the Holy Spirit. And as I prayed about what to say in this Get Real Practical segment, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, thank you for introducing me. And I'm, I'm seriously not kidding when I say that the Holy Spirit is my best friend. I talk to him all the time. I go to him with hard stuff, and I also giggle with him. Now, here's the deal, though. He's not some creepy entity that makes us do weird things. In fact, he is our best friend, wise counselor, and the supernatural wind beneath our wings. So with that said... Here are two simple questions for you to ponder today. What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? I want you to take some time to think about this one. I know many of you listening have a very healthy view of the Holy Spirit, but maybe some of you don't. And if that's you, it's okay. That's normal. There's no shame here. There's no condemnation here. Like I told you, the overarching theme I felt the Holy Spirit say was, thank you for introducing me. And so if you are just now being introduced to the Holy Spirit, congratulations. He's so excited and I'm excited for you. And let it be a fun journey of getting to know him. Just like when you meet a new friend for the first time, when you first meet them, you don't know every detail about them. But the more you hang out with them, you get to know each other. And that's what I view my relationship with the Holy Spirit like. And I know he wants to do the same thing with you. So then my second thing that I want you to ponder is, is he your best friend or is he distant? And, you know, that kind of goes in line with the first question, but it's just a bit deeper. You know, maybe those of you listening that go, yeah, I know the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, you, you know lots about him. But is he a close friend or is he kind of just one of those friends that you talk to once a year when you need something, right? Because uh, he wants to be so much more than that. So I just want to finish by just saying a very simple prayer to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts and homes today. Draw near to us as we open our hearts to you. Thank you, Jesus, for sending us the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. If God spoke a word to you, would you leave a review and tell us about it? I pray that this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.